Welcome to episode two of Armchair Philosophers. Uh, we did it. We made it to episode two. Uh, big milestone. Um, and today's episode is going to be an interesting one. Um, last episode, we we're kind of trying to find our footing. And I think from now on, I'm going to be trying to move away from visuals and do it as a more um, listening medium so people can just listen and they don't need something to look at. Uh, I will be streaming the uh, ask for everyone in here is to not watch the stream, and I'll make that more clear why that is as we go. Okay. All right, so today's episode is about soundscapes, and I have prepared a poem I've written. Sound carves my mind. Shaping with each noise, I see more clearly the world than I did in silence. Because a soundscape is something your mind creates, when all it has is the sound it hears around it. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here today, is what exactly sounds do to us, uh, what we picture, and uh, what we see. So... I want everybody right now to close their eyes, if that's okay. And let me know when that you've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Huh? Yep. Um, actually, before you close your eyes, click on the stream and then close your eyes. So I will go live. Mm. All right. Let me know when you've clicked on the stream and clo then closed your eyes. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm on there. All right. So, now that your eyes are closed, we're going to start off with this sound. Top five, top five for me. Top five. Making me immensely sleepy in a really good way. Wow. Okay. If you don't want your first, if you don't want me falling asleep during this, just sit up. All right. So. I'm going to start with Kim. Kim, while you're listening to that sound, where were you? So I was in two places. Mm -hmm. The first one was prairies. That's the, well, I mean, kind of both places were prairies-ish. Um, but the first one was very flat, like wheat field-like. Um, and you could see... The ro like I'll say rolling clouds and rolling thunder, um, and it's it's cool. Like the temperature is very cool because of the the dampness in the air, um, and then it shifted to a memory that I had, which was the front porch um, during a thunderstorm in Colorado. So you get these wild thunderstorms that roll off the mountains. So just great. Is that how your mind like built it for you? That it built the world of that memory around the sound you were hearing, right? Yeah. 
yeah. So it started off with kind of that that prairie kind of landscape setting. Um, and then as I continued to listen, it, it brought forth the memory of me standing on the front porch. So some people call this like ambience and games use this a lot to enhance their um, experience. Movies use this a lot. Um, in fact, it's a well-known movie technique to like cut the sound that you normally hear in a movie, like the soundtrack, and just let the environment speak for itself. One of the most well-known directors that uses this t- technique is Hideo Miyazaki in mm-hmm. his uh, movies like uh, My Neighbor Totoro and, and uh, Studio Ghibli movies like that. I would encourage people to watch the Japanese versions of the movies because he does a very good job. Nice. exploring this kind of concept of letting the sound define like you could close your eyes and almost watch the movie and kim did you smell anything while you're listening to that i didn't smell but i felt temperature you did like, feel cooler did you feel wet just just cold like you could feel like the the damp cold that thunderstorms tend to bring so here is the most interesting phenomena with these kind of soundscapes that kind of create this world for you is that our body starts almost telling us that what we're hearing is really happening, but at the same time telling us that it's safe. Because I feel like when you hear a sound like a thunderstorm, that's not something that should be relaxing, but it is. Um, and I guess I'll now open it up to everybody. Did everyone have a similar experience to Kim? Anything different? Anything to comment on? Um, yeah, I mean, I the, that sound to me is an amalgamation of memories and sounds. Um, for me in particular, it's it's my cottage. So sitting on the screen porch at my cottage, which, you know, the, the the rain and wind would kind of come in, but not enough. And we would watch because it's the you know you you, got, you have a view over most of the the, the Georgian Bay, and so that's you know seeing the lightning storms and seeing the the crazy you know the storms rolling in from the west. But you knew you were safe. So to your point about it being relaxing, in a short you know in short form, yes. It is. It is relaxing, even though you know you know that everywhere else, everything else around you is getting blown to blown to hell and back. You know you're you know you're okay, and that I think is part of the the. Uh, and I guess I'm going to keep asking this. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. What you no, no, it's fine. That's it. I'm I'm finished. I guess I'm going to keep asking this to everyone because it is a thing that happens to people. But did you smell anything? Did you feel anything? Other like, did you feel a temperature change? Or I smelled. So usually, I it's, I didn't smell much in the sense that most of the memories that I have, it's nighttime, mm-hmm. it's dark. Uh, there are candles and there are kerosene lamps on the screen porch, where I'm reading a book. And I've got nice. a, I've got a blanket on because that's happened to be enough times in the in the rain, and that's one of my best that's one of my favorite places to be. So I wouldn't say there's a smell. There's definitely a feeling, and the feeling is warm, which is so again drawn on your nostalgia of this. That's awesome. I want to be in your guys' memories. It's great. <laughs> I wouldn't call it nostalgia. I mean, I I I do employ golden age thinking, but I don't think that's in this case 
super the most appropriate because that that's a that that memory is it never happened exactly the way I remember it. And that's oh. not to say that that's not to say that nostalgia is is a thing that happened exactly the way you remembered it, but I'm aware that that was it was a number of different times episodically well, that became some sort of weird <laughs> thing. You weren't here for the first episode, and we did. I listened to your I listened to your episode actually. Okay. Well, we did uh, come to the conclusion that nostalgia was more of just a feeling, and it didn't have to be something that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Colin who led the charge on that one, and I'll yeah, go oh yeah. And did you draw, like? I find nostalgia is where we draw a lot of our memories, and I don't want to go too deep on that because we did that in the first episode. Um, but did you have a similar experience? Did you draw upon memories you've had? Um, I feel like I feel like my response is is a lot less interesting and more boring to these guys here. Um, like, so I, this is like one of my top five sounds, right? So I love, I love rain. I love thunderstorm. I love the moment before a storm. That's like killer. Um, but no, I was just thinking about, like, I was just picturing rain on, uh, pavement, right. And just seeing all the, like the ripples and all that. Uh, and also I like, I'll use white noise or like rain to fall asleep at night. So it's also like just being inside and like, there's a storm outside and like, you got the screen door open. You're just kind of like feeling the temperature difference, and it's just like, yeah, this is good. This is good. I'm inside, and it's storming outside, and that's great. What about yeah. this phenomena of rainstorms being relaxing? Like, what is that? Like, aren't thunderstorms supposed to be terrifying? Like, you're not, you're not supposed to be wanting to be out in one. <laughs> um, I think, I think that. Um, I think there's some psychology I'm assuming regarding like when you're in shelter and then things are like storming outside of your shelter that then it induces a sense of calm and security. That's what I would just assume. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's a blizzard outside and I'm inside next to the fire with a cup of tea. Right. Everyone talks about loving that. Like, you know, So I I think it's similar. Oh, absolutely. Because if you were out in that blizzard, you would be very upset. Right. Exactly. It's it's the knowledge that you hear this danger or this other world, but you're not experiencing it. Yeah. It, it is weird, then, that your mind does make you feel things related to the sound, like in Kim's example, a temperature change. What do you... Like, is that... That, to me, implies that sound triggers a lot more than we're really aware of in terms of how important it is to us. So sound, it's one of those things that sound and smell, the way you, you asked about smell, and obviously those are the two, the two senses in the human brain that, that are tied the most closely to the, the hippocampus, the, the part of the brain that, that it deals with long-term memory. So we, we register and recognize and internalize smells and sounds far, far, far longer than we would anything else. Sight fades very quickly, um, even, you know, our recognition of what something what something feels like fades very quickly, but the reason why I'm able to call on a, a number of memories of, of sitting in my in my chair reading a book and hearing those sounds is because there is some archetypical understanding of oh well okay this is something I did and as you, as you said before that, that you know that that primal sense of of, of self being safe and sheltered. 
It's it's um, weird to me that the the temperature didn't actually change for Kim though, yet she felt it, right? Yep. And some people will note that they smell ozone, like rain, but it's Very not common. raining. Or that they'll sometimes even feel damper or wet, and it's not wet. <laughs> like, and it's it's almost like your mind's lying to you because of what it's hearing. I also have to wonder um, how much, you know, to what extent that is cultural osmosis. The idea that everyone hears that, hears those sounds and smells that smell. And so on a certain level, your brain kind of is associated, you know, oh, well, I, well I've been in the thunderstorm before, so I know that I should smell this smell before I hear this sound, mm-hmm. even though you don't. Yeah, and I think this is where we set the stage. So soundscapes create this kind of world, and right now we're drawing a lot on what we know and what we have experienced. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up another sound, and for everyone listening at home, I will be linking the videos I'm using in the comment section for people to follow along if they want to participate. All right, so once again, I'm going to ask the same thing of you. Let me know when you're on my stream and you have closed your eyes. I'm in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is everyone in? Yep. All right. Alrighty, that was a quick taste. Oh um, boy, I got some opinions on that one. So, yeah, actually, you're next. Uh, oh, okay, Colin, where were you? I was, I was in like a conservatory. That's what I was thinking. Rainforest, like conservatory, right? Um, I was thinking of the butterfly. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, conservatories exist. They are things. Okay. Um, well, ones. Uh, I yeah, like yeah, they'll have different biomes. Um, so I was thinking of the one in, um, I forget if it's the one in, there's one in Kitchener. In, I, I'm thinking of like Vancouver or something. There was one that I remember going to as a kid. Anyway, but the thing is that there was also like, I don't know if you guys heard that like weird sound in the background, like an animal or something, but like it kind of, it kind of sounded like two people like doing it. Like it, I don't know, just like a little bit. And I was like. Like, all right, we're in a rainforest, and like, I don't know, I don't know. It was like it just made me really like uncomfortable. (laughs) It made you feel uncomfortable. Like the world. (laughs) What what is? Could you move in that world while your eyes were closed? I know it was only thirty seconds. I was moving away from those two people, but when you I think next time I play, I I want to challenge everyone here to try and look around and in your mind with your eyes closed. And see what you see, like what the sound is building for you in your mind. Try to see if you can even move. Like I know a lot of people when they do this can't move. Um, like they're stuck in the world that's bu- building around them. Oh, can I ask you why you think that is? I don't. I think because they know it's not real. 
they know the sound they're experiencing isn't really what's happening around them. And their mind can differentiate between something it's hearing and something it's experiencing. But it still kind of lies to you because we we've acknowledged already that hearing these kind of soundscapes and it building this world in your head, you actually experience like physical effects, temperature changes, the feelings of these things happening. Right. I guess I guess I should ask like what's what's your objective with with these? Like what are what are we trying? Are we are we trying to achieve something? Are we trying to do something? Like what we're we're trying to talk about? No, yeah, we're trying to talk about how sound shapes a world inside of your head right so when we when we hear the soundscapes like what specifically do you want us to do you just want us to listen to it and just then report our thoughts or do you want us to like yeah do something specific with that and i want you to more specifically i want to discuss the world your mind has built like what the sound has done if you felt anything how it affects you um i want to explore those uh okay reactions and outcomes that's, so for this one, oh, go ahead. Sorry, it's kind of like something none of us have experienced. Yet people find this relaxing, and this was a jungle that you just heard. So, um, so that's really I'm weird. Gonna... Yeah. Okay. Go on, Jeremy. Uh, sorry, I'm just gonna hop in. I I have experienced. I've uh, so I spent two weeks in the in the Amazon. Uh, no when way. When I was sixteen, I went. I traveled oh to Peru, um, and I went to. This is. It sounded exact. So you, you're a bit about the fact that we couldn't. The world we build in our heads can't match up to the sound. It sounds exactly like when I was in the rainforest. So mm-hmm. to me, I closed my eyes, and you played that sound, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm on a land transect. I'm in the same reserve that I was in when I was sixteen years old. I was counting howler monkeys in the trees. And that's what it sounded like. Minus the buses. Cool. But cool. and you but, and you saw where you were at that time, right? In your head. That's the world that Yes. Built. Yes. But for other people, like back to Colin. Colin, you've never been to a rainforest, have you? Uh I have not. It is a ambition so of mine. When you build this world in your head based off that sound alone. It looks like the rainforest that I know to exist from pictures and movies and stuff. Yeah, I find some people even might even say the Jungle Book, like Disney's Jungle Book, or like drawn. It did anime. not look like Disney's Jungle Book. I know. <laughs> for for some people, it could. I've heard that. Um, it's it's interesting if if you don't mind me hopping in. Sure. Um, that you guys instantly thought of rainforest, but when I had my eyes closed, it took me camping. Just because of the birds, the bugs, like whoa, it was just it was just me sitting in a folding lawn chair at a campground, um, and like the sun is setting is like this is the the environment that it created for me, and the sun is setting. I've got a very low fire, so just very low embers, and everything is starting to kind of like settle down almost. So you've got like some birds sort of chirping like behind your ears, and all like the fireflies starting to buzz up for the evening. So I thought that was very interesting that that my brain went a completely separate idea or direction, and it could be for the fact that I have never been to a, a tropical environment. So, it is interesting you went that way because, like, the monkeys and stuff you hear and the animals you hear aren't native to like the kind of camping experience you would experience. Mm-hmm. 
you would have, I guess, here in Canada. Yeah, your, your camping is intense. <laughs> Boy, it, there's it so literally many intense. Only me intensely <laughs> nice. camping. Oof. I love it. I love it. I think I want to draw on your feeling of uncomfort a bit more, Colin. Okay, it had a lot to do with the moaning. (laughs) I mean, just to be fair. Because it reminded you of two people having sex or because you felt danger? I I mean, there was a little danger for sure, but it was more like there is something happening in the background that like I can't see behind that bush some people like you know, or whatever it is, because it's it's not like I was like, oh, it's definitely that. It was just like, oh, it kind of sounds like that, and like it, or like an animal, right? It sounds. I, I assume it's it's an animal that that's in that place. Yeah. But I was also like, oh, this is also similar to this other thing. Both things aren't going to make me feel comfortable. Like if there's two people banging in a bush or a big animal in a bush, like either way, I'm like not wanting to be around there. Did your mind put an animal in a bush? Uh. I thought of like a jaguar or yeah. like a lion. Yeah, like something big, like a big mammal, right? Cat. All right. So now I think we've established that a soundscape world can do a lot to you. It can create feelings. It can create, like, you can be afraid of it almost. And I know lots of people who hate certain sounds that if they heard them would really not be comfortable. So. Once again, I'm going to move to the next one. And I'm once again going to be streaming my screen. And I need everyone in here currently to click on that stream and tell me when their eyes are closed. All right. Good to go. Yep. All right. Is everyone good to go? Yep. Everyone has their eyes closed. All right. Jeremy, where were you? Because I'm really stupid. Um, I was on. I just, I just watched two days ago. I just watched a film, uh, The Departed, and I was on a scene with on the beach when Frank Costello shoots a woman in the head, and she falls down, and he says she fell funny. Were you able to move around? No, I was watching the scene, but I was hearing the tide. Overrated movie, around. just my opinion. <laughs> it's, 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 it's fine. It's an alright movie. It's not the best movie. It's not the worst movie. But the, that scene is a great scene. And that's, for some reason, that I just... You played the tide, and that's why, I've, that's why I just I watched it recently. And so it just that's what, that's what popped into my head. That's, that's interesting, because... It's a movie you've seen. Were you in the scene itself, or were you watching it? I was I was watching it, but I'd seen this. I'd seen the scene before. Um, I've seen the film twice or three times or whatever. But yeah, so I I was in, it and then I, you know, I the scene was happening, but I was also I was hearing the tide 
it was like as if the the sound mixing had been altered so that I, that, that that sound had sort of been cranked up. I notice whenever someone has an image, it alters what they see in their head. Like you, like you said, more recently you've seen a movie, and that's the image you get. And yeah. did anyone else have something different um, where they were in that world that the sound was building inside their head? What and wants to talk about it? And were they able to move around or look around inside of that world? I. I couldn't necessarily move around, and this is odd because this is the first one out of all of the ones that you've played that I, I couldn't move, per se. But it, maybe it's because the ocean brings such a state of peace for me um, that I was just happily laying in the sun on the sand, and I was laying face down, my, my head to the side, and I would open my eyes and I could see what I would say, what my brain has created as tropics, like on the side. So it's definitely someplace warm and tropical, which I have never been. But the the ocean's just lapping at my ankles, and oh, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think water is the most easily identifiable why it relaxes people. Um, I feel like if you listen to your breathing, it sounds a lot like waves coming in and out. If you just sit there and close your eyes and listen to yourself breathing, you'll see similar sounds. Um, it that kind of sound of waves coming in and out is very common in a lot of things. And on top of that, water itself, when it's calm like that, we know it's like there's no harm there. Like obviously, if you hear a storm, you're going to be an- more anxious about it. Um, it's a very astute observation. I had a I had a difficult time calming down at the beginning of that just because my brain kept expecting the opening chords for Champagne Supernova. <laughs> I was I was trying to trying to bring up a a visual image and kept just getting that instead. So I notice a lot of people when they build these worlds they draw on their own experiences. Has anybody drawn on their like imagination? What's the difference? Yeah, oh, I was gonna say, can you oh, can you oh, by? Uh, I guess oh, there's a there's a discussion to be had there, like what is the difference between your experiences and imagination? But I'm guessing I'm saying, uh, would most people say they were at some sort of beach then? Yeah, and nothing other than that. I was not a, I was I not a beach, but sorry, go ahead, Liam. I started at a river and then I swapped to a beach. What I was playing at a, a beach for a little bit, specifically like the the one near my grandpa, my grandmother's old place in Florida. I used to go down there every year, and they had the the sort of beach out and on the edge of things. But my brain more went back to somewhere like sort of southern Ontario at the the old family cottage, where it's more of like rock, a rocky shoreline. Mm-hmm. But on a windy day, when the waves pick up a little bit, it still sounds like that. A lot of people might not know this, but there are beaches, a lot of beaches around here that are called pebble beaches. And Mm. they are not pebbles. They are like full-size rock beaches, but they are nice. And not nice to sit at because you're sitting on, or walk on for that matter, because you will twist your ankles like no tomorrow. But they are not what someone would typically picture as a beach. Um, But they do have the same sounds. 
and uh, experience that you might get beyond the sand at a regular beach. And I, th I guess I'm going to ask you this then, uh, Leanne. Did you smell anything? Um, this might sound really silly. I thought I should, but I didn't. Well, it's not silly at all. Uh, did you feel anything? Did you feel the sun? Did you feel sand? Did you feel water? Or wet? Or damp? Um, again, like, I had the expectation I would, but I didn't. Hmm. Did anyone feel cooler or hotter? A little cooler. A little cooler. I think the winds... Well, uh, the wind does We're once again back to this phenomena that I feel like I want to say, and this is what the show is for, only sound does, other than actually feeling it itself. Only sound seems to be able to... And maybe sight, like if you look at an image, you can feel cooler. I've, I've heard some people comment on that. But I feel like sound is the most powerful where... When someone hears something, they can almost feel what that sound is trying to convey. Like whether it be, oh, it's raining and I feel cooler and damp. Or I smell the rain, despite it not actually raining. Or the beach, I can feel the sand. Because the memory is so strong for those people. That um, they, I, they make I th it so. I think, um, I'm not sure what it be considered... Exactly, but like, like smell is considered the most powerful, I think, for inducing memory, for bringing up memory. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember a time I've smelled something and then felt something. Like I, like, I smell food and I feel hungry. But that seems like a very obvious one-to-one. -one. No, it's more so the memory. So if you're feeling something in a memory and you smell something, and then you immediately are teleported to that memory, or you have that memory, right? Then all the feelings within that memory will, will corporealize in that uh, imagined space. Hmm. And what about hearing? Because we're getting a lot of this like very strong, I almost feel something. like almost, For Leanne, or in Kim's case, I actually do feel something. Does that imply that hearing is, is also a very strong purveyor of what you're talking about there? Colin? Sorry? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm not sure what you're... Um, like, you said smell is the most powerful. Would you right, say... Right, so in, in... Um, I'm not sure... I'm not sure, like... Uh, I, I hate to keep saying like psychologically, right? Because, but I just I don't know, like what a what a, a brain scientist would kind of say about these things. But but like according to what I understand about psychology and brain science, smell is the thing that like is the most powerful for bringing up like a memory. Sound, I I would assume that visual would be stronger than sound, but I also I don't know for sure. I think um, it depends on the sound, right? And the same with the smell. Sure, and the memory, and, and yeah. There's certain neutral smells that probably aren't going to bring up a memory as fast as, you know, uh, hearing a wolf howl in the distance, which is going to get you alert real quick. Yeah. So 
what would be the difference between a simple sound and a soundscape then? More than a few, like a few sounds strung together to create uh, that that creates a, a sense of place. I would something like that. Something that allows you to picture a world versus something that you just hear. Right, but at the same time, like I mean, this is the the we can go down the the wordsmithing and philosophical trap where it's like if you hear a gong and now you picture yourself in you know a dojo, okay, but that's just a single sound, right? Okay, mm -hmm. but you know if you hear a whistle, now do you picture yourself on like a re your referee on a field or something? So I mean, you can play the whole like uh you know you can have an entire memory come from a single sound, but I think that a soundscape is just more complex than that and is trying to um, capture more than one single sound. I think. Yeah, it's kind of. From what I would define it as, it's trying to create the world through sound alone. Trying to put you in that place with sound as its only tool. I would agree with that. Yeah. Pretty good. It's a pretty good definition. I, I don't think, I'm not going to be as stickler on this one as I was with nostalgia, I don't think. Because I think this one is intentionally, a like it's a flexible thing. It, it, we're talking about an artistic thing, not like a psychological feeling, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. All right, we'll do... Well, I was just going to just add one more addendum there that, that I think the word you're looking for is immersion. Mm -hmm. And like so, I said yeah. at the beginning, people use, like, you'll see people use these kind of sounds that I've been playing for you for, like, D&D &D sessions or video games will use them. And like I mentioned, Hideo Miyazaki in his Studio Ghibli movies will leave dead space with no music and just wind blowing through grass mm -hmm. to enhance the scene and it's almost more powerful than hearing a very well put together orchestral score and people will recommend the Japanese version over the American version for that reason. It's also Miyazaki so like anything he does is going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the, the point of the matter is that I know, I know. sound is almost like a more powerful tool. I don't know if it's I, don't, I wouldn't say it's undervalued or unappreciated but it's it it's one that might people might forget on um, uh than the more apparent smell or taste or sight or feeling uh you might forget sound pretty easily because those feel more important a lot of the time I think on like a like a day to day things you experience like you know you always typically three times a meal you experience taste um you're always having visual cues, but like the the sound actually can create that, and because your mind like gets mm. because those ones are ten, like you use sound a lot, but it tends to be more in like and I'd even dig background. into that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You see that I would because I always thought that sound sound is number two. So like for me, it's always like sight is number one, sound is number two. That that's what it's always kind of been for for me. It depends I thought on... it was the other way around. I mean, just because if nothing else, humans being social creatures, the ability to communicate with each other, which we generally do via audio means, is something pretty deeply baked into us. Like, certainly we've got a lot of visual facilities as well, but I feel like those two almost keep a, a, a single, that they're sharing a spot on top when it comes to a lot of the senses because they're the primary two for, you know, of strong avoiding disagree. getting eaten and eating strong disagree things. from Colin party over here. Yeah. <laughs> strong no? disagree. I All think right. I think but and I mean not not to like 
not a strong disagree in like an annoying way, strong disagree in like a fun way. I'd like to think, I, I think it yeah, has to do with just okay. the, the, comple- the complexity in visual versus audio. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. There's complexity, complexity in audio, but like, I don't think audio complexity can compete with visual complexity. I just don't. I think that you can do, you can put so much more in front of someone's eyes than you can in front of their ears before it just like is overloaded and you can't really do anything with it. And I think we'll boil down here. And I think I want to touch on the idea that we can create something by simply hearing things. And you'll hear a lot of people be like, well, I would miss my hearing because of music. But I don't know if a lot of people think to themselves, do I miss hearing someone move near me? Do I miss hearing the construction next door like i mean they certainly do when you take it away from them if you look at any experiments <laughs> of putting people in situations where they have no sound mm-hmm. you go a little bit off the rails very quickly i think it might be underrated for a lot of people like you don't realize how important it is until you take it away like if you ask people if what sense they would give away i think a lot of people like like might consider sound but really? Like, before smell? I would give away smell so fast. Yeah, I think it would depend uh, on the person. I do too, but I think you'd be surprised at like... Yeah, I think sound it, would come a lot quicker because people might jump to sign language. Oh, easy. I have that. I wouldn't call it easy. I'm sure... Like, well, I'm that's just like... that would be their reasoning. <laughs> wow. I'm, no, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely surprised and that is fine because we're all you know, critically thinking adults here who can have different opinions. But All right. I'm very surprised. I think that, I think that so hear me out on my, before we move on, hear me out on my sight uh, sound duality hypothesis here. I think the I reason that the two of them share that top spot is because mm-hmm. of how, um, how far away they both reach. Like mm-hmm. for, for humans, if you want to be able to, experience that things are happening at extreme range sight and sound are the two big ones like if there's a big enough you know explosion miles away you can hear it even if it's going around trees and around mountains and whatever and similarly if it's a clear day and you have good line of sight you can see things far far and away beyond what you could touch taste smell etc like they are both the longest range uh like combination warning call communication finding what you're whatever it is you're looking for yeah they are they, they've got they've got range that other senses do not uh and that's that's my hypothesis as to why they play as important of a role as they do and let's think of on this well and once again i'll ask people to close their eyes click on the stream try to move around try to look around in the worlds your minds are building when you hear this next sound uh yeah. let me know when you are on that stream with your eyes closed. Yep. Once again, for everyone at home, these videos will be in the description for you to follow in order. All right. Everyone with their eyes closed? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting one. I love you. 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 I love you.
Leanne, uh, where were you? New York City. New York nice. City. Nice. Nice. Could you look around? Could you move around? Um, I for a bit of it, it was just like a really, really big crowd, which I, I've been to New York once, which like this was more like a, a like a dreamlike crowd with like truly no end. Um, I was in Center Square or what is the big square in New York? Times Square. I've never been yeah, there, but um, I was in Times Square. I didn't we go there? No, we didn't. No. Um, but like, so you've never been there. I've I've been to New York. I haven't been to Times Square. Oh. Um, moving around, like I, I I don't know. Not really. I was being bustled by people. Like kind of being like. Did you feel them touch you, or did you feel claustrophobic at all? Um, I didn't feel claust. I'm, I'm not really claustrophobic, so um, it's not. I, I don't want to be like. I don't think it doesn't affect you. Like it made me feel uncomfortable because, like, but not in a claustrophobic way. More in a, um, I don't know. I don't. A lot of people. Yeah, it's just I. I enjoyed being in New York, but I also don't. It's not. I there's a lot of things to do, but the number of people there is not the the do thing you that smell brings. Anything? Sorry, no. You smell anything? Like no. You, you have a scent of New York when you hear. It's interesting this that the you scent of New York. Oh yeah, like there New is, is definitely like a New York scent. sewage. I love it. I love it. But it's interesting you picked a place in New York you haven't been to when you have been there. Do you well, know why that might be? I think you see a lot of like every movie that like shows like that is in New York shows Times Square or any cut scene from a movie that like is like the world celebrating New Year's Eve shows Times Square. It's such a commonly like used place. Sort of archetypical as mm -hmm. populous squares go. Yeah. It's kind of like your, your cultural um, consciousness that you're talking about. Did anyone, yeah. um, did anyone feel anything or smell anything while experiencing that? I got a little bit of um. Let's see. Were you able to move around? I found myself drifting between different. Uh, so I, I was, I, I definitely pictured myself in like Young and Dundas Square in Toronto because that's so somewhere I spent a whole lot of time, and it's functionally similar. Yeah, um, Ridge, you and I were walking the same street there. Yep, but I definitely found myself hopping between all of the different places that I have historically gone to enter into that. So like. Essentially jumping between um, coming out of the subway exit that comes up in the center of it versus the one that comes out of the Eaton Center building versus the one that comes out of the, um, like, 10 Dundas. I forget what it's called. The one the, the one that has all the 10 in the... the point being, there's a couple different places. Or, or just walking down young and low-key expecting that one guy to jump out from behind me and yell Jesus really loud because that's a fixture of Young and Dundas Square. But <laughs> yeah, I, I found myself there, not like... There's the corner. Yeah. I felt myself not, not so much walking around it as like every time I would... Well, not blink because it's sort of like dreaming where you don't blink, but every time I relaxed the thought a little bit, it could sort of drift from one location to another. Did you feel comfortable or relaxed? Uh, yeah. I mean, in, I I think I'm I'm the kind of person who is often comfortable when I'm extremely anxious because it means things are proceeding as usual. So uh, <laughs> relatable. Did anyone 
find that relaxing? Could you go to sleep to that? Could you read a book? No. No. I yep. I, I couldn't absolutely. I I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the same boat. I couldn't sleep to it. I, think you, I was definitely calm. This I think one you is interesting. Played it. I think if you played it through a filter of like you know the the sound filters people have of like the party happening next door kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think if you'd played it through that kind of filter, I probably could have fallen asleep to it because I used to live close enough to like Bloor and Young in Toronto that you would, especially on a summer night when you have the windows open, you would hear that sort of drifting in in the distance. Um, like I definitely fell asleep a lot of times hearing the the subway doors chime at Rosedale Station. Yeah. Uh, I find I couldn't fall asleep to this, but I do find it comforting. Why do you find it comforting? I, f- I don't really know how to describe it, but I think the best way I could is more humans are around me. I am not alone. Oh, an extrovert. <laughs> not really. Like, Whoa, I don't want to go. There's lower odds of wolf when more humans around. It's fair enough. More like, fair enough. It's more like, like if you woke up one morning and there were none of that, that would be really uncomfortable. I would. Think. I am legend. There were definitely some times at the beginning of the pandemic where, like, I had to wander around, like, go somewhere near downtown. The fact that there was just no one there was crazy. And I feel like the knowledge that people are around you and enjoying life, even if you're an introvert, is comforting i don't know much how to describe it more than that but this is something people do use to be comfortable this i think it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely more comfortable than the like conspicuous absence of humans um but yeah because we take we take those other sounds we've heard and we like going there, but we always come back to something like that, like a city. Come back. Uh, I don't know. Give me, give me that. Give me those. Uh, I'll take those waves, waves any day. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. We have a, as as humans, we live in. You know, we're not designed to be alone for extended periods of time. We are, to a certain extent, programmed to live in communities, mm-hmm. and despite the sometimes uncomfortable individual sounds. So to me, the, the, the parts of that file that stuck out the most were the parts where I could actually identify what people were saying things. So when one, one of the, someone was calling someone a bitch, I, I laughed, <laughs> but it was, it was uncomfortable because, oh, I, I, I felt like I was intruding on a conversation that I didn't really belong to. But I to, 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 to reiterate what Ridge said, if, you know, there's the effect of, you know, if, if it sounds like it's coming from further away and those voices are just a little bit more muffled, you can't understand fully what they're saying, what's being said. And there is a peaceful anticipation of inclusion in the sense that you don't need to know what's being said, only that there are people around you saying things. And that means that people are alive and that you're safe somewhere. Like you said, there's no... You know, there doesn't have to be, uh, you know, we're tribal. And that means that there's a tribe somewhere, that somewhere a tribe is, is prospering. And that means that you're safe to sleep wherever you are. An enemy tribe prospering, maybe. It's almost like a tribal, it's uh, almost like a, 
instinctive human feeling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. That's exactly what it is. It's exact. It is an instinctive human feeling. Same thing with the the, the the thunderstorms in the shelter. Like we have an instinctive need for shelter, and when you hear that sound from far away, you know that there is danger outside, but you're safe inside. Mm-hmm. All right, we're on a break. Um, if people want to get up, uh, stretch your legs, go to the bathroom, uh, now is the time. Cool beans. And we'll come back and resume in five minutes. All right. So now we're on our break. Um, I would like to remind everyone listening to this. Uh, I'm your, I'm your host, Andrew Ryan, and. Please like, comment, and subscribe to this channel, uh, Armchair Philosophers. Follow us on Twitter, uh, which would be linked in the comments and on our channel, to get updates on when the show is uploaded. Got a Twitter now? We do. Love it, like it, rate, subscribe. So yeah. And share share with people and have this discussion amongst them. Talk about what soundscapes you're creating in your mind? What do those worlds look like? Are they based on your memories? Are they based on places you've never been? Are you feeling things? Are you smelling things while you go through this? And what about those uh, experiences you're, you're drawing from these sounds you're hearing? I like to think that can be more than just sound and that music itself can create a kind of escape in your mind a kind of world oh yeah you've built and isn't that, isn't that what it's for at the end of the day yeah unfortunately with this show we can't go into that because of copyright but i would encourage people to really dig deep into the songs or the sounds that mean the most to them and try to try to picture that world it is it's it's an escape with your mind it's meditation's roots meditation is the escape into this world you're creating through hearing these sounds or simply hearing silence some people even listen to white noise or vacuum cleaners or static on your tv from when that was a thing for you zoomers out there that's when your tv goes black and white and goes fuzzy Speaking of nostalgia. <laughs> Go on, Ridge. Speaking of nostalgia. <laughs> Alright. And it actually does relate a bit to our last episode. For those who haven't heard it, I suggest they go check it out. Um, it was on nostalgia, and we touched a bit on what nostalgia was and included on um, at least a somewhat solid agreement uh, what it was. Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> Someone sounds bitter. Don't make me Not start chanting bitter. meat clock. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, if you're excited uh, about these episodes, uh, the next episode will be on Lost Places of Myth. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And we will be next week, Wednesday, same time. Uh, And it will probably be uploaded next week sometime. So keep an eye out for that if you're interested in anything touching on Atlantis 
Lemuria, etc. Oh my gosh. My Remember, children, gone. while the ancient myths speak of the glories of the place once known as <laughs> Jesus, so too does it speak of the dangers. We have not Brilliant. forgotten. We have not forgotten. <laughs> Collective consciousness remembers the crystals. <sighs> the coins. <laughs> You're wondering why. Electronic mice. Mm-hmm. You're wondering why. <laughs> Why I pick soundscapes, um, I believe one of my favorite activities is to build a world. And some, sometimes the first things I do when I'm building a world is picture what it can sound like. Really? That's so interesting. I never do that. I'm all about looks. I'm so vain. Well, I am like, <laughs> I, I do do looks and what kind of feeling, but sometimes I'll go, what, what, what do I want? What is this? city or town or place sound like i get that i i'll admit i don't really use soundscapes as much because i tend to approach things from sort of a plot angle first and then suit the world to fit the plot i want but it definitely like music as music and sound as a way to figure out what you want to do what the sort of vibe of something is i 100 get that i find i really i find it best if i'm in person at a dungeon D&D game table and someone has sounds that aren't intruding on the conversation I'm having with the people around me in the DM but they're enhan- it's enhancing what I'm experiencing as a player. And as a DM I like to do that myself. Hmm. If I am DM. So, um, one... I'll shout out Matt Mercer here. Um, he needs our followers clearly. Um, he does that a lot. And uh, no, we should have gotten a we should have gotten a sponsorship from like Campfire or one of those world building apps. Alrighty, yeah, and we're back. So now that everyone's back, we're gonna move on to our next sound. Is everyone ready? As I stream, let me know when you're ready. Same rules. Ready. Ready to go. All right. So. Everyone has their eyes closed and listen. So this is one of my favorite sounds. Nice. Really? I feel like when I listen to this, time almost slows. Like that 30 seconds for me felt longer than any other 30 seconds Hmm. previously we went through. And I feel... I do get the relaxed feeling. I feel crickets make me feel comfortable no matter where they are. I feel like owls... Uh, intrigue a mystery element into me like what is yeah. that despite me knowing it's an owl I get the sense of adventure when I picture myself in this place I feel like it's always heavily wooded and no matter where I move it looks the same I can move but it doesn't matter um, I look around it's just dark it's nighttime. you can see trees it's got the Hollywood lighting so you can see enough around you with the blue kind of full moon yeah, 
It's interesting. I don't picture trees at all. I picture like open fields, maybe some some forests in the distance, but more of a like sort of farmland kind of thing. I guess the crickets, I think you don't get as much in uh or I don't think of as much as associated with the forest. So I definitely pictured forest, but probably a controversial opinion. I realized there were cars in the background, and this made me very angry about halfway cars through. In the background? No, I felt that too. I'm on I'm on this page. Go for I, it. I was like, huh? oh yes, I'm camping. This is great. I'm going to bed. There's crickets. Oh, I'm I'm not mm. I'm glamping. I'm like, uh, I am like one kilometer away from that highway. (laughs) (laughs) This was basically my take on that. (laughs) Interesting because I don't, I don't, I almost don't even hear the cars. I hear the rain, I hear the crickets, and I hear the owl. I kept, uh, I think the owl was throwing me off a little because I had a very distinct picture of like, what that should be bringing me, but it should have, my, my brain kept being like, and then a loon, and instead of a loon, there was an owl, and that just, <laughs> that threw me for a loop every time. I, I also heard a loon, I also heard a loon, I heard, or, or, or a cormorant, or some other yeah. similar bird. I was on a lake, I was, I was on a lake, a forest nice. lake, a lake, boat, but a lake. Beautiful things to hear at night. Hmm. Um, yeah. This is really interesting for me, because we, we had anger, we had peaceful, I was paranoid, like the Ooh. moment the wind the wind picked up in the trees, I was like, there and, and maybe this is related to my line of work, but it's like there's stuff moving in those bushes and I can't move. Like I'm stuck to this one area. I'm just listening to things. It's dim in the forest. I can't tell what's coming towards me. All I can hear is stuff rustling the bushes, and I became very paranoid very quick. You felt unsafe in the world your mind had built. Yeah. It was it's very actually, that's actually it's interesting. That you went camping before when they should listen to the jungle music. Yeah, but, like, you, paranoid. <laughs> you seem paranoid with. I I think I think it's okay to say that this is probably more what you would actually hear if you were to go camping. Um, probably, yeah. Oh, hundred uh, percent. And it's interesting because when I do go camping and it's a windy night, I cannot sleep. It's the rustling of of the trees because it it hides the sound of movement. And when I'm when I'm out in the woods listening for things, I'm expecting to hear movement, and that's what I need to to action. So maybe that's why I get paranoid. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Very interesting. It's interesting that you said you couldn't like you can can't move. Because I was sort of thinking about that, and I was thinking about what we talked about earlier, where with like, can you move around in the situations you're building? And I think I very much. I, I've sort of realized that I'm consistently picturing myself in the third person. Like, I'm very consistently picturing a scene composed with me in it, as opposed to something I'm really witnessing in, in the first person. Do you feel like that happens with your dreams, too? Sometimes. That's a tricky topic, though. Yeah, it's just interesting that I find I feel the same way, where like I can... So I'm almost see myself in a weird perspective, like maybe not entirely third person, but like I'll switch between first person and almost like second person where someone is like floating around very close. Yeah. And then I'm back in first person. And I find that happens in dreams a lot too. For me. I don't really experience that. 
Mm, that's interesting. What do you experience, Liam? Well, when I'm dreaming, it's always in first person. Oh, no. I'm Okay, yeah. For, for this, it's the same as what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's always in first person. Okay. Did anyone... So you felt unsafe, Kim. In that yeah. world you were in, I find when people go through kind of fear elements or they're afraid, they almost lose control of the world they've built and it can turn on them. Did that kind of happen for you? I mean, I guess so. Like, I, I kind of instantly went to deep woods, me sitting, like, and then as the wind picked up and the paranoia increased, the temperature dropped, like, I actually got chills at one point, so I'm eating chocolate at the same time, so this is very hard. <laughs> that's, but, so, that's so cool. Like, mm. like to even express how cool it is that this sound gave you those experiences despite being unpleasant it's it's hard to do because a sound being able to craft these kind of worlds and you being able to explore them using your imagination alone and you, what you've built is isn't is one of the most basic things i feel like humans can do that they should try to do to kind of expand like, their imagination like exercise it in a way the crowning achievement of the design um i think this hits home for me in the same way kim's jungle hit home for her i do like going out to the cottage or in the wilderness and camp and at the end of the day that's kind of where I'm building this off of. But the world that I built in my head does not resemble anything I've encountered. Like the the numerous trees just resemble almost like a picture of this kind of place I've been building. And I think I, I think this on top of everything else for me is the one where it's like that mystery element super intrigues me. Like, why why do I want to explore more when it's always the same? Do people feel like they want to explore the worlds they're creating? Or they're happy staying where they are? I noticed a lot of people mentioned they're fine staying at that beach. The beach one. I think a lot of mine, because they're based at least in part in memories for me, pretty commonly, are... I don't feel like I need to explore it because there are often places I've been before. Mind you, that might just be like, you haven't played a sound, or at least while I was here, that is a place I haven't been. Like, I imagine if you played the jungle one and I had never been in a jungle, I might have more inclination towards it. I don't know. What do you think? Why do you think white noise like vacuums and static uh, relaxes people? Is that like a it's, noise? I think it's because it's re repetitive and it's not um, it's not distinct. There's no need to do analysis on it. It's safe. yeah, yeah. But wouldn't no noise be better? No, no. because no noise is abnormal. No, no noise means things are trying not to make noise, and when things are trying not to make noise, that means they're trying not to be heard. So it's In almost that like you got to worry. It's almost like if you have no noise, you're more anxious and more paranoid. And you'd rather have any noise than no noise. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You, 
I find that happens a lot, like when people talk about space and the yeah. in space, no one can hear you scream, and how yeah. truly terrifying that is if you actually think about it. Mm. Like, if you ever uh, hear the studies of people who have gone into solitary confinement or mm. space programs of that nature. They almost have mental breakdowns on the lack of human contact and, and lack of noise alone. Like, they'll eat, they'll touch, they'll see things, but the human contact and the lack of noise and can be extremely uh, debilitating for these people. Interestingly enough, the, uh, the other side of that coin in a lot of torture is uh, sensory overload, right? Like, like um, where you, you leave the lights on and play music blasting loudly for you know a few days that's that filter you were talking about you like if you play enough noise it loses meaning like if i played everything i've been playing over top of each other i i would be hard to guess you would have anything except just panic in your head but you could even you could even just play like it doesn't have to be a cacophony but like if you were just to play a song like a single song maybe your favorite song but on loop for three days like it, it's it's okay yeah it's a form of torture, yeah. Well, In space, every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. Those both sound terrible. Do you feel like sound limits human expansion because of that, then? Like, certain planets yeah. aren't going to have sound. I feel like humans inherently bring sound with them. Yeah, I was going to say, as a counterpoint, listen to any of the recordings of uh, like Apollo astronauts when they were up there chatting away constantly with each other. Huh. We are a very noisy species. I find that kind of is it like we we don't really ever acknowledge like uh, what an average human can take when we're talking about expanding humanity and settling on different worlds. And I don't want to get too far on this, but just the soundscapes we're creating in our mind, um, we are probably going to get into sounds that are created that aren't natural. Most of the sounds I've been playing are stuff you experience when you walk out the door um, and go to specific places. Uh, you might have never been there, but is from this planet at the very least uh, something you could experience uh, when I played the jungle sound only Jeremy had ever been there and Jeremy can reliably draw on his experiences and form his world off of that and become even comfortable and have good memories some people might not because the weird monster in the background reminds them of something very uncomfortable was there a monster in the jungle there yeah there were two people banging uh, <laughs> I was just gonna in say a, that. In a bush. It was a jaguar. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> Alright. So we are going to move into sounds now that probably aren't going to be recognized by anybody here. So cool. Challenge accepted. Hit me. All right, let me know when you're ready. Ready to go. Ready. All right. Three, two, one.
Sen, where were you? I was, okay, I was picturing at first in some enormous warehouse uh, that's mostly empty except for you, but I think it transitioned over time from that to uh, sort of on top of on top of a some skyscraper that isn't finished yet, but it's not actively under construction at the moment, sort of just sitting there half finished with the wind passing and little bits of things filtering up from below. I think the warehouse initially was would have been too quiet. It didn't fit. The the sort of background hum and or or the background noise didn't fit that image, so it transitioned. Were you comfortable? I mean, as much as I am anywhere. I wasn't particularly uncomfortable. Uh, just somewhere seemed empty. Not in a bad way, just large. It had a, a feeling of vastness, I guess. Vacuous. Uh, not necessarily, because there was, there was sound. And whether that's the sound that, you know, wind makes passing far below you, or... I briefly thought of when you're... I don't know if you've been to Niagara Falls and you go into the the, mm. sort of tunnels, the tunnels behind the falls. And when you get close to the front, you can hear it. But when you're back around sort of the, I think there's like an elevator or something, if I remember correctly, that you sort of come out of, back further in, it's a little dull. You can hear that. You can hear that something is rushing or or beating and making an enormous sound, but you're not there. So did you feel the wind? Not really, oddly. That was that's something that I couldn't quite place, but it didn't occur to me that that should be an issue. Like, mm. it wasn't a pressing problem at the time. Did anyone have an uncomfortable experience with that? No. So you still, everyone here still found that comfortable. Would you say? I wouldn't well, say comfortable. I just feel like it was place. Hmm. Like bizarre, but not uncomfortable. It felt very large. Didn't really feel, yeah, it didn't feel particularly uncomfortable. It just felt. But does anyone have an interesting place they crafted from that sound that differs from Ridge? It was definitely a furnace. A furnace? Ooh, good one. Good it one. It was the furnace in your house and a relatively large, like in like maybe like a warehouse where someone's working on like there's yeah. some things being moved around in the background, but it's definitely a furnace. Nice one. That tracks. <laughs> based on what you said, based on what you said, Brendan, before, I was thinking of a spaceship, but mm-hmm. specifically because I think you mentioned space. So I was thinking it was, I was already along the lines of, oh, this is, I'm on a spacecraft and somewhere and I'm in some big, big space ship and it's just me by myself you know like the like the apollo like a like an astronaut or something you didn't feel lonely <laughs> though or did you um i mean i've been living more or less alone here in at a different country for several months so I, I feel like i'm okay with that is there a difference between that and being truly alone having no human around you um well the difference here is I hear conversations everywhere I go, but I don't take part in any of them. Right. Do you think so, any of us really, do any of us really know what it's like here not know anywhere around us? Yeah. Do any of us, I don't think any of us here, has any of us here ever been truly alone? I mean, when, when you say truly water. alone, what do you mean? I mean, to the point where you couldn't get in contact with another human within. 500 miles, like, very easily. 
you can walk out the door basically and see 500 miles is a big it's a big space well i'm just saying like big enough that you couldn't simply okay there's one i'm fine again i mean i've spent several weeks at my cottage by myself mm-hmm. like yeah on, on an island where there is no other human for many miles nice yeah that you place is comfort very like when i craft this world I feel like I'm tampered by the fact that I'm still in the one I am in. Because at the end of the day, I can open my eyes. Or I can call someone. Um, or I can, in your case, Jeremy, you're, despite that, you could call someone, take a boat. Like, there, there is almost always a way yeah. out. Yeah, of course. Of course. I could, yeah, I could. I could go get a get on a hop on a boat, drive to another island, see a different family member, etc. Yeah. Interesting, because because that soundscape for me created. I was underwater. Underwater. Um. Yeah, I was underwater with ice on top of me, because there was that like subtle, every now and again, like that. It's like some kind of clanging, not necessarily clanging, but some kind of additional noise to that hum, because when I scuba dive, I find. That, um, I mean, sound is amplified underwater, um, but you get that sense of, of hum or background because all of a sudden you're very aware of your breathing, of your heart rate, of the blood in your ears. So those sounds are very apparent to you and everything is very, very close. So even for those, like I'm not claustrophobic either, but you can feel how close the water is. So when I listened to that sound, for me, it created the sense of, closeness like i was very aware of everything close to my body because i felt as if i was underwater so i'm going to point something else uh a lot of empty spaces to the point where i feel like everyone here heard emptiness that's uh that's super interesting why do you like what about what you heard caused the emptiness that you to fill your mind there was an echo. Yeah. And I think yeah. that there were, there because there were sounds, like you'd hear that clanging in the distance, and then it would just stop. Like, it's one thing if you can't hear anything because there is, you know, something in the way. There's something stopping you from hearing something. But you get a feeling of emptiness of there not being anything when whatever sounds there are are sort of incidental and unlinked. So we but come you can hear sound. We come back to you saying your ear is your indicator of where things are to you. It's your furthest. And by hearing this sound so far away and clearly your mind instantly goes, well, there's nothing in the way and I can hear it. So I'm in an empty space. Mm-hmm. For Kim, that's the ocean. For some people, that's a big room, a big warehouse. For uh, Jeremy, that was a space, a big empty spaceship or station of some mm-hmm. kind. It's interesting to me that our ears are able to do that, uh, like without us seeing seeing it, with your eyes closed, they're able yeah. to draw that picture for you. And I'm thinking about it, the space spaceship one was a good. Like I think if the hum had been a little louder, my brain would have gone to uh, sitting in a ferry. Well, I'm no actually going to do but... a second half to this one. Oh, okay. So once again. Everybody, we're going to listen to the same sound, just so you know. 
Um, but this, this time, time you're going to look at the picture. You're going to keep your... Um, for those at home, uh, just click on the video and you will see the picture. Once again, they will all be in order, so you will be able to follow along. All right. I, I feel instantly vindicated. This is, this is <laughs> So now I want you to listen to this with your eyes open. Space, no one can hear you fumble a cargo container. <laughs> I feel like I feel yeah. <laughs> I feel so like funny. if you li if you closed your eyes now and listen to the same sound, what you would picture changes now, right? Sure, probably. Still think Did anyone see the picture move? No, no, because it didn't. Just to be clear, <laughs> I like pictured it moving, but like yeah. I know I was imagining it moving. Can soundscapes sound... occur with your eyes open? Can what, sorry? Can a soundscape occur with your eyes open? Like, you're looking at a still image. We just did it. Still picture, yeah, you've still pictured it moving, right? You just, you just added another layer, which is, the, which is that you're adding a, the, the eyes as a sensory organ on top of it. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't mean the soundscape's gone, but you, our brains can't pay full 100% attention to two things at once. We just, our brains just don't work like that. So on some level, you have to devote some of your attention to what you're looking at. Or what you're hearing. Or what you're hearing. What, what I'm saying is you can't devote 100% of your attention to both. Yeah. I notice my, my mind will take like a snapshot of that image and put it in my head. And then it starts almost moving. Like the, the turbines start turning. The shield starts flickering. Like, the, like I start rotating almost. Despite me looking at a still image. I'm I'm the am with the sense that for me the sound still did not match the picture, like like to yeah. me the, the picture was too busy, like it wasn't mm. empty enough. I think I got I I still got it I got it matching but it didn't move for me because I think I was picturing it as something that's like sort of immeasurably vast. Like I know that in theory there could be things moving around in that, but I was sort of thinking of it on a, a scale where you wouldn't see individual things moving around in that fit for me. It sort of clicked. Um, like that, that's what was going on in my brain. All right. Well, it's time to move on to the next one. All right, let me know when you're ready, and this time we are closing our eyes. I am ready. Ready. Uh-huh. Yeah, ready. All right.
Alrighty. Okay, mm-hmm. I got I got one. I got a real distinct one. All right. Let's y'all y'all thing. seen uh, Death Note? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay, the opening to Death Note where uh, they're like they're gambling in like the giant like isn't it like a giant cavern or a giant like pit or whatever like where the 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 death gods the Shinigami are? I pictured like that the, with the, the rattling. The afterlife. It's a different plane of existence. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Like the the rattling. And like the just the emptiness and like the yeah, that's what I pictured. Shinigami realm, hundred percent. The rattling at first, like desert vibes. At first, I was I was I was in some sort of dungeon. At first, I was like dungeon, dungeon, and then there was a sound. There was a very specific sound that threw me off completely, and it sounded like it's, it was almost like a synthy kind of sound. And my yeah. mind yeah. went from from fantasy immediately to science fiction, and I was like, oh, I'm on alien world. That way, it, it oh, was very. Nice. I, I, I yeah. couldn't particularly. I couldn't. I, I honestly couldn't describe this out, but it was. If you went back and played Dead, yeah, that, it was that like this. Mine too, yeah. It was just like totally. A... Go on. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the Halo, uh, not the laser swords. So like. The energy sword. The energy swords. Yeah. And I decided Energy, energy Sword Friday. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't fit with uh, the dungeon image. I and found that's the thing. I, yeah. I had, I I had a dungeon very... image initially, and then I heard that sound, and I'm like, no, 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 alien, some some alien thing, science fiction thing. That's why. That's How do you picture an alien around. world? It's that, that, not that. Go ahead. It's not that. It's not that the sound is alien in itself. It's that on some level that sound, the one that I heard, it it. It is. It was intrinsic. It's intrinsically linked on some part of my brain, just because I've I've heard it on enough soundtracks, on enough, um, yeah. you know, different OSTs and different various um, soundscapes to know that that sound means science fiction weird alien thing. Like yeah. that yep. is. You might as well have. It might as well have actually just said, "This is an alien sound." Okay, Ridge, do you go now? Yeah, I, same. Basically, the same thing. I definitely had. Um... As soon as that rattle hit, it shifted to specifically it being like from dungeon to desert dungeon, I guess. Like it's sort of a, a tomb vibe of some sort. Um but yeah, that that the alien sound was unmistakable. That was that that hits you like a hits you about as hard as a subtone, but in a completely different direction. It's not so much an alien sound as it is no, it, it's, it's sound made to look, sound alien. Yeah, yeah, it it, yeah. it hits me yes. as some some like uh, you know second year Foley student was looking through a folder on his computer and had a, a file labeled like alien noise dot wav and that's <laughs> that's the one right there, right? I agree. Well, so I agree, except that I found the alien noise like very out of place, so I discarded it. Mm. I was like, I am in a dungeon. That noise doesn't belong here. See, I was in a swamp at the bottom of like a cavern, so like very tall cliff faces either side of me, like very small, kind of drippy, squishy. Um, and then same as Leanne, like the alien foreign sound appeared, and I was like, I don't know what that is. It's very big and it's up in the sky, but I think I'm going to choose to ignore it. Why did you get swamp? Because I heard very dry sounding things in what i was listening i i heard maybe it's because it was like the like an echo but it sounded almost like dripping 
like water dripping yeah. in caves. I absolutely um, heard that. That and the footsteps, like I heard like soft steps, and I associated wet with steps, which means swamp to me. <laughs> I heard puddles. It just, yeah, like it, it sounded squishy and and wet, so I was like, that's a swamp at the bottom of a cavern. It's interesting that a lot of people pick different sounds. Like in the one instance. Uh, Leanne heard a car, and I didn't hear that. And in this instance, you're getting the squishy wetness, and all I got was the dry air cracking and the wind sweeping across it and the echoes, which was like the furthest thing from a wet, damp swamp that I could picture in my mind. So live in a very swampy area, so maybe I'm just used to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fine. I just, it's... It's a different human, different experience. It's what you, yeah. uh, the world you are building. I, I find these kind of attempts to create alien sound almost two two things. I guess I would say is like they're not successful because at the end of the day, we have only our video games, our movies, and things we've created to sound alien to go off. Of. It's hard to. There are very few movies I can think of that have successfully achieved an alien sound. Something that I don't recognize. I don't know a couple, but I feel like I feel like the, there's a commonality to the shorthand of alien that is something people go for far too quickly or far too often for it. Like, it's very possible to make something that sounds innately alien, but it's way too easy to just snap to, oh, yeah, <laughs> you use alien.mp3 and, like, yep, people and will that's get what the, the sound of this clip was, 100%. Yeah. It's um, almost like the ones that define that sound then get copied and then they become, oh, that's that yeah. sound. It's like if you, wanted, if you want to convey a uh, laser sword, I think everyone here can probably imagine exactly the same sound <laughs> just there. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> That's it's it's iconic to the degree of being functionally inseparable from like the shorthand to convey that concept. So the world you end up creating is what I would like to call if you could, did create an alien world like Jeremy. Um, if you didn't, that's fine. But if you did create one, I, it's what I like to call human alien humanity's alien world. It's like the comp classic. Like if you look at Halo, if you look. A kind of very stereotypical, this is what we think alien worlds look like, which oddly enough end up looking Egyptian <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. So Egyptian, but maybe with some neon lights. Yeah. Yeah. That's Egyptian is a weird is the weird one. Maybe it's because our fascination with them is like Yeah. Uh, it's off topic, but it's just oh. weird that that's the one we go to for aliens. I think it's. I I'm think gonna... it makes a lot of sense. You do? Yeah. What were we you gonna have say? a. No, I was gonna say we we have expectations. So in in a in a world where we consume so much media, we have an expectation of what a thing should sound like, even if we have never experienced it before. And there is, uh, you don't know if anyone here other than Ridge. Or sin, apologies. Um, yeah, read CB fine. trope, but here yeah. you go. There's literally <laughs> a trope for this. It's called the coconut effect. 
describes the sound effects, special effects, or sound features as unrealistic, but it has to be included because viewers have been so conditioned to expect it that its absence would be even more jarring. Boom. So it's the idea that so it's the idea that we know that a gun makes a click sound, even though guns in the real world don't make that noise. Thank and you. The same way that the same way that when a sword clears a scabbard, it has a shing sound, even though that it wouldn't because that's a leather that's a leather scabbard, so swords wouldn't make that noise. There's no metallic ring to it. But it would sound weird for, to viewers to not hear it. We're so conditioned to hear it that by not hearing, it, people would be like, "Huh." We apologize preemptively to any view any listeners at home who uh, find their way to the link that was just posted because I mean, uh, there goes your afternoon, right? Yeah. The TV trope yeah. will in fact ruin your life. Yes, <laughs> it will in fact ruin your life. So it's almost like you heard a sound that. Oh, that's sci-fi. And there's sounds that we have that's, oh, that's fantasy, right? And you instantly built the world off of that alone. The setting defined your world. Oh, it's a sci-fi setting. Okay. That's a fantasy setting. Oh, it's a real-life setting I've experienced through memory, through Kim's living in a swampy area. Okay, I've built this world off of that. You need Almost humans need something to base their worlds off of. Do you think if you had no experiences prior, you could create something off of a soundscape? Oh, interesting. I think it's impossible not to have experiences. Yeah. Well, I think I would have have some very different mental reactions if I had no prior experiences, and they would not be along the lines of interesting soundscape, they would be along the lines of Ah. <laughs> yeah, what no, I, I don't understand the question. Like babies have no experience, but that's about but they as soon as they're born they develop experiences. They but and they don't they're... but they're not able to retain any of that for like 3 years. But okay. sound does affect babies. We know this. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But like I I don't I don't understand the question fully. Cuz you're saying can you create experiences without experiences? I just Is that what you're asking? Like, I always thought what it would look like if you tried to picture a soundscape without an experience. It would it would look like shapes and colors, right? Because you wouldn't know what those shapes and colors mean or are or anything, right? Like like they would just be. Wait, hold on. What about interpreting this in the sense of like if you didn't have experience with the thing in question? So, say there was. Uh, like say jungles exist, we can all agree on that, right? Right, right. Yeah. But like you had not only never been in a jungle, but like had never seen one in a movie or read about one in a book or anything. You have zero fucking concept of what okay. a jungle is, right? Yeah. And someone plays that jungle soundscape. What's going on in your brain? Well then I'd be like, have I been in a forest before? Oh, it's similar to that. Fair. Yeah. Hey, let's say you've lived in a padded cell your entire life. I've never seen a movie. Never heard anything, and then yeah. all of a sudden, somebody plays you these sounds. I think See, you now you're doing Plato's Cave. This is Plato's think, Cave, right? Yeah, we are. That's a little. I think you try to associate though with like things you do know. So like you're you're always gonna have something that you're familiar with, and I think that you're going yeah. to be like, oh, that's kind of like that thing, even though it's really really far off. But it's like the closest thing that you can like give to it. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I really, I really do think this describe is... what Plato's cave is. Sure, yeah. So, Plato the was a, <laughs> Plato was a Greek philosopher, and he is uh, often said to be the uh, 
greatest uh, pro wrestler of his era. Well, it's it's I mean, yeah, very very close um, to to Aristotle, but um, it, often oftentimes it'll be said that uh, philosophy is a series of footnotes to Plato because we get just so much philosophy from Plato. And one of his biggest things is this thought experiment called uh, Plato's Cave, what we call Plato's Cave. And basically, you have a whole bunch of people chained and looking at the back of a cave, and there's a single light source that is shining and creating shadows. And so these people are seeing shadows on the back of the cave and people are walking by holding objects. So these people are seeing shadows of the objects and they think that those shadows are like the actual objects. And then the idea is that they can't know that these are just shadows of things because they've never experienced real things. And so Plato talks about the forms, that there are like these perfect forms that we have in our mind, but everything that we have here are just versions of those forms. So for example, if I were to say like picture a perfect circle, you can do that, but chances are you've never actually seen or can draw a perfect circle. So why can't you draw or create a perfect circle, but you can create one in your mind, right? Or like we all have a concept of like a perfect chair. And then and like it gets into this kind at. of, yeah, yeah. So, so, and then, and then it gets really cool because then like what happens when then one person like breaks free and then like walks outside and then sees the sun and then it's all like, and then he tries to go back and tell everyone else like, hey guys, this isn't the real world. These are shadows and everyone thinks he's insane. And that's pretty much Plato being like, philosophers are the best and should rule the world. Check out my other work, The Republic, hashtag Plato, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Diogenes power bombed him through a wall. <laughs> and then, and then ever since then, people have been like, you know, every first year philosophy kid will have to disagree with Plato, even though, <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway. But yeah, the, the important thing, the important thing here though, is about how we, like how we come to know things, right? So there's the epistemological like, well, how do we know what we know, right? That, that's that challenge. And then the second problem is what is reality? Is reality just a series of versions of something? But then how can we constantly compare something to, like, there's got to be some original sort of thing. You can see how this also gets kind of theological too. So there's lots of stuff that you can do with this. And there's yeah. lots of ways to like agree or disagree, but it's more so just like a concept that is used so much in discussions. So what I'm bringing, just to bring all this rant kind of back here, what I'm saying is that what you're asking when you say, pick, like, how can we, can we make experiences without experiences? It basically, I'm saying like, that's Plato's cave, the sound version. Yep. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't, I'm not, when I ask these questions, they are a philosopher's question. They are simply to cause a thought to cause discussion. Um, I'm not specifically always looking for an answer. Like even hearing about that for years at home, I recommend you read up on that uh, Plato's cave. If you don't want to read the cave or any Plato stuff, cause it's boring. You can also just watch the matrix. Cause that's what it is. Yep. <laughs> That's uh, so nice. and it's awesome, that. and it's awesome. We should we should have interpretations of philosophy right. that are like that. It's cool. At the, so the last... at the risk of going too far down the rabbit hole, I'm so sorry. I love the, rabbit the... holes. I love rabbit holes. Well, we have that you, what you talked about there, it, you know, the idea of the cave and and Platonism. You know, we can't have, uh, as you says, as you said, Plato does this, but I think it's I think it's just as relevant if you take it further down the line. Um, as you said, people do take footnotes from Plato. I think it's as, as relevant if you think about it from the perspective of Cartesian dualism. So, hundred uh, you know, percent. So the idea of 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 a Cartesian a priori conception, you know, before or outside of what we consider to be sense experience, um, you know, the, in that realm of you can't, you know, you can conceive of a sound outside of what your experience of a sound is. So we have an idea, a theoretical idea of mm -hmm. 
uh, of a sound that we can't we can't hear that we've never heard before. But it's not like Plato because we don't have an idea of a perfect image of that sound yet because it, it's never occurred to us. But we know mm. it exists somewhere, um, still, somewhere still. in the universe. Somewhere in the universe, there is a sound that has been made that humans have never heard before. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't know what the perfect the per- that perfect sound is, we know it exists. Rationally. Right. This another... is this is his extension, right? This is extension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's okay. let's uh Here's another let's, another let's quick thought there. experiment. Let's leave it there maybe one more. Come on, one more. No. Let's brain in a vat. Do brain in a vat. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I wasn't gonna do brain in a vat. I was gonna go for the. Uh, you know, there's the whole one that's like it's a classic like grade school science experiment of. You have two words, and one of them sounds sharp, and the other one sounds curvy. And you get people to be like, "Which here's two shapes that I made up, and one of them has a bunch mm-hmm. of spikes, and one doesn't." And mm-hmm. people will consistently be like, "Oh yeah, the one that's called a a kiki is like the one with the spikes, and the one that's called like a booba is the one with the curves kind of thing." <laughs> because their head is just like, "I've never seen any of these sh- shapes before. These words are completely meaningless." But I already have that association of this this word sounds yeah. sharp and that one sounds round. All right. Let's uh, wrap it off there for deep dives into political, uh, I mean, philosophical discussions. Settle back in our we're philosophical. We're philosophical armed here. <laughs> what did, there is what one did you expect sound. with this chat? <laughs> well, I just we're, keep we're, hearing we're, we're philosophical armed chairs. <laughs> we can oh continue, my God. but there is one more sound to look at. Okay. Mm. Let's let's do it. Is everyone ready? Uh, no. Yeah. Yes. Sure. All right. In three, two, one. So ends our listening. That's a that's a tricky one. And another another cavern. Yeah, cavern. it's definitely another cavern. Cavern for sure. But the the low the sample is messing with me because yeah, everything else versus like what would you need to get that singing sound to sound as far away as it is <laughs> while not having the same acoustics as everything else in this chamber? That was weird. I was thinking as well that sound, that, that like bit of music. Um, I was thinking, uh, like inspiring, like I gotta get out of this cave, like basically like like Batman in the third movie. Like, I was thinking there's cultists right. further down in this cave, and I really hope they don't find me. It was the vibes right, I was getting, yeah. but fair um, enough. But they're also apparently just like singing through wool masks or something because the acoustics are wonk. So was everyone in a cave? Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. I was. I felt I was in some kind of, some kind of temple, maybe like the, a ruined temple yeah. of some kind, and I was nice. worried that you know I was I was going to be there was some cult in in a different on a different level somewhere that I could hear them. Yeah. That's, that was. Nice. What I mean, I immediately when I when I heard that the chanting, that's why that's when I clocked it up. You guys are so cool. That's awesome. 
transported you bridge to that bridge underwater lake. What second? Rope bridge underwater lake. Like hmm. crossing over an underwater lake on a rope bridge, and there was shit going down on the other side. That's that actually tracks. A lake would do that with the sound, wouldn't it? I hadn't pictured that now, but until now, but like that fits. Or I think it fits with my memory of what we were listening to, which is admittedly a shaky thing, but. All these uh, videos you can find, um, I have linked them all for everyone here. And they will be linked on, once again under the video in order that I played them. Hmm. So you can follow along at home. Or if you just want to randomize it, because I find that is the most effective way to get people to picture a world is to randomly insert sounds into their head. I feel really dumb now. Because my first response was, that doesn't fit. How could that possibly be? And then Kim was like, Lake. And I was like, oh yeah, Lake would do it. I was, I was picturing some vast supernatural forces that a cult was channeling to make the sound do that. And I'm like, no, actually a Lake would do it. You're welcome. Uh, did anyone <laughs> feel damp? Yeah. yeah. For sure. So I guess I'm going to leave the discussion on the table as to what about the sound is causing us to feel or smell a certain way. The dripping sound. It was the dripping The, the dripping, dripping sound dripping sounds sound. like damn. Yeah, I, I definitely had that cultural thing that we... I, I, sorry, that's my fixation for today. I really like that. The, the cultural collective where it's like you hear the dripping and I'm like, all right, I'm in a cave. Like, boom, right there, cavern. Because I heard the bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. Yep. And that makes you feel damp. Oh, yeah. yeah. Despite yeah. not yeah. being I'm obviously damp. not in a dry cavern if there's a bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, that makes me yeah. worried about mold. Yeah. Have the, have the cultists considered the long-term ramifications of mold <laughs> damage to their temple? They're still working because on the like, asbestos in the temple. Forget, forget, the, forget the mold. What about, like, what about, you know... Problems, breathing problems, health problems. They're gonna, yeah, they're exactly. Gonna they're gonna get a, they're gonna get like a chosen one with asthma, and this is gonna be a serious. Yeah, problem. get some like some damp lump by the kingdom. Why was the singing <laughs> sinister? Because I couldn't figure out that lakes are lakes, and I'm, also I'm, who I'm, else? I'm who, I'll be honest. Who else sings in a creepy cave? Yeah, that's also I true. Nice. It was. It's very I mean, low in the background and like doesn't switch tones. It's sort of like Gregorian chanting kind of thing. Or, a, I'm probably wrong about that. I don't know my Gregorians from my non-Gregorians. I didn't get cults. I definitely got like monks or like tribes. Mm. I'm definitely biased towards it because like Leanne had me running through a Call of Cthulhu game recently, so that's where my brain went. The game but, is um, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's a very apt GM. So it's I, I, it's hard to go off and say like you simply heard the water dripping therefore you are damp no that that, that i don't, that was a I don't think so that's what we've been talking about this whole time how soundscapes create feelings and and based off our understandings and experiences right i know that like if i if i hear water like i'm gonna think of water what's water it's wet mm. yeah i think it was a combination of the drips and the deep wide um like ambiance behind it so it's like drippy but then it echoed and it was big and dark feeling which creates a sense of damp right 
I I don't know. I for me, I get and I understand that, but it, it, there's almost something more happening than what I'm hearing that's causing me to feel the temperature changes and the dampness. So maybe even the sliminess. When it comes to coldness, that's absolutely fair. I'm sure there's a billion caves that drip that are like nice, warm weather, like. Mm. But I, whereas my brain definitely went to cold first, and part of that is people chanting in a crypt. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, my brain did go to Skyrim. It's it's sort of difficult. I there's the the one mission with like the wolf cult, and that's straight where my brain went, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Which is super dumb. It is. Th- this is the opposite of philosophy. I'm sorry. I'm I'm proactively. I'm actively rendering your, uh, your podcast less intelligent. But that is where my brain went. And it's no, that is that's totally philosophy. Are you kidding? Everything me? is philosophy. No, not everything. But that's <laughs> totally philosophy. Wait, hold on, hold on. I okay. I agree that conceptually we can make that philosophical. But I also think it's very important, ethically speaking, not to give Todd Howard any credit. <laughs> so we can't call that like we can't call that real philosophy. That's so a, the that's... worlds we created. We've all agreed are based off a common human conception of things, plus our own experiences. Then, yeah, that's probably fair enough. Like I don't think we're getting experiences in a like common human experience kind of way, like assassin's creed ancestral memory because that's obviously bs from a medical point of view but what are you talking about those games are real science guys (laughs) even dan brown signed off on it um no i i think there's like yeah no otherwise i think i agree with that though Do you think you could combine the worlds you've just made? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, could, I could throw all those together into a combined setting real easy. A lot of people would be relaxed by this episode because a lot of what I have played is most commonly played as a way to relax oneself. Yeah. By comparison, next episode, which is going to be jump scares and meta jokes, man, that's going to do a lot of you over. <laughs> We're definitely going to get you with the next one. The uh, yes, you should. You, next episode, you do have an entire segment on the the influence of of what we what are called psycho strings. How to how to how to build tension with violin. Yep. Mm-hmm. The old the, the good old subtones for cause sadness and fear. I think I'll end this by rereading the poem I started this with and and see and hope your understanding of it either changed or altered in some way, shape, or form. Sound carves my mind, shaping with each noise I see more clearly the world than I did in silence. And that ends second episode of Armchair Philosophers.